Okay, Ross, super excited. Dang, man, right on. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Okay, so um, I don't know. I think we kind of both are going into this fairly blind, which is good. Remind me, though, I think we, I think we uh, met through, was it HVAC? Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was an HVAC group. Okay, so I'm guessing you work in the industry? I do, yeah. I'm actually, I mean, also uh, more recently kind of industrial refrigeration, stuff like that. Um, I do come back to residential and, and light commercial and stuff like that from time to time. But Okay, okay, okay. So more industrial, like, power plants and stuff like that? Um, not necessarily, no. Uh, there's a lot of applications in... Um, Food packaging, uh, food processing, things like that. There's a lot of chillers oh, where yeah. they use glycol solutions to, to cool tanks. Uh, one of the big ones is actually brewing brewing beer. They pump okay. glycol wow, solutions yeah, to keep that cold, stuff like that. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the trades myself, have been for quite a long time. Uh, also entrepreneur as well. Um, so kind of jump back and forth between the two. Uh, I'm a journeyman scaffolder and a journeyman carpenter. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I also spent some time um, as a millwright. I have about, I think, 3,300 hours uh, doing millwright work. Worked for a renovation company for quite a while, so got to play with some plumbing and stuff like that. But uh, I I think I could definitely see myself uh, being in your your field. I think I'd enjoy it a lot. It is. It's fun. It's interesting. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of solutions that require thinking on the fly on a lot of those applications. So uh, I enjoy it immensely. Nice, nice, that's awesome. So, um, I do. I didn't even look at where you're from. Where are you at, man? Reno, Nevada. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. uh, I grew up in a small town just outside of Lake Tahoe in Truckee, California, and then uh, and then lived in New York for a while, and then and then back here. Wow, that's quite the move around. Is that was it mainly for work or what? No, no, I got in trouble in high school. <laughs> oh, so you got kicked out of town, or what do you mean? What happened? Yeah, more something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so New York is a big move. Though. Why'd you go to New York? Uh, my aunt lived there. So oh, okay. yeah, my parents thought it'd be good for me to spend some time elsewhere. So. Oh, okay. Do you want, do you want to get more into that? Is it like? Uh... Nah, it's no, nothing really that interesting. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 le- I went and lived with my aunt there for a while. I got to experience a, a whole different culture, which was which was pretty cool. Um, How old were you at a, the time? I was, I think I was seventeen. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was seventeen. So I just I slept on my aunt's couch for a year and and went to school in New York and uh, and. Learned not everybody says hella, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a West Coast thing. You should have seen their face the first time I said it. Hella? So, so what is that? Is that like saying hello, or what does hello mean? Like no, that? hella. It's like uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's, no a, it's a describing word. So, like, oh, that was hella cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, and okay, on the East okay. Coast, they use, they use wicked. So, ah, that was wicked awesome. Oh, okay. So similar. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So what part of New York was it? What, what part of New York were you in? This was uh, north of the city in uh, Hyde Park. Hyde Park. How, how far is that right from like New York? Like, like About an hour. New York, New York. About an hour. Okay. Hyde Park. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell for some reason. Yeah. It, like, Hill, it... Poughkeepsie. There's some towns up there that, that might ring a bell. Maybe not. Hyde Park is, is tiny. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then what, what, what made you, how'd you make your way back to, uh, 
to Nevada, right? Got on a plane, got the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you could. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I was I was not suited well for for that climate. Um, <laughs> cowboy boots and Wranglers and chewing tobacco doesn't fit very well <laughs> in upstate New York. Oh, so I got a couple nicknames there. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Wow, wow. So you're still rocking out cowboy boots and Wranglers and and two? Oh, every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just what's comfortable. That's cool, man. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so uh, maybe tell me a bit more about your family. Big family or? Big family. Yeah. Weird family. So uh, my my mom and my dad are both in finance. Um, they were graduates from San Francisco, uh, double major accounting finance. Oh. Uh, yeah, no pressure, right? And uh, that's my middle. Or... Uh, yeah, yeah, they met it at, in San Fran. And uh, my mom is obviously from the East Coast, was, and then uh, my dad from from Southern California. Uh, he was a Navy brat, kind of uh, followed my grandpa. My grandpa actually worked on the Manhattan Project. He's a supply officer in the Navy, which is pretty what? That pretty is crazy. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my middle brother Philip actually lives in uh, Germany right now in Wiesbaden. He's an opera singer. What? Yeah, kind of cool. weird. I don't know. Uh, he, yeah, he graduated from, uh, I don't remember the name of the college. It's in Greeley. It's one of the Colorado colleges. Um, he graduated with his master's there and then went on to sing in, in Wiesbaden. And then my oldest brother, Alex, he lives in the Caribbean doing property management right now. Holy, wow. Yeah. Holy, that is such a really diverse Everybody's Yeah, cool, everybody's man. spread out. <laughs> Wow. So do you, do you get a chance to see your brothers very often? Do they visit? Do you visit them ever? Or they come down and visit you or what? Yeah, we usually we we try to meet up in the in the Caribbean for Christmas if we can. Um, okay. My brother's actually getting married uh, early early January uh, this yeah. upcoming year down there. So, well, that'd be fun. Yeah, that sounds like good, that sounds like a good place to meet up for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't be too shabby. <laughs> Wow, nice, nice, nice. So I, I think I think I've seen from your, your profile picture. I think you have uh, some children. You're married, or no, no. That's another long story. Not one I oh, really okay. want to get into. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, uh, no kids. No, um, raised a kid once. Kind of a long story there. But uh, no, no kids. Um, got a girlfriend. She's pretty awesome. So okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, 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 how did you two meet? I, I want to kind of, I want to, that, that's kind of the whole point. I want to peel back the layers of Ross to the point you're, you're, you're comfortable in. Um, <laughs> we can so put a pin in that. Out, yeah, we, we got, we got to find out who, who, who Ross is. I know it's uh, not always the most comfortable subject, but uh, yeah, yeah, we can put a pin in that. I've got a couple beers, so if we get down that road later, maybe, maybe we can talk about it. But not something I'm super public about. But uh, okay. Jesse. Jesse, uh, my girlfriend and I, we actually met, um, I do blacksmithing and, uh, what? yeah, down at, uh, there was a public forge in Reno for a while. It's closed now, unfortunately, infinity forge down in Reno run by a master smith named Brett Moden. Um, okay. and every Wednesday we'd meet up at like, you know, six o'clock, eat some burritos and then just go to forging. Um, yeah. and that's what, that's where I learned to blacksmith. And there was a guy there, Rick fucking yeah. mountain of a man who uh <laughs> who i kind of befriended and we started talking and 
he brought his wife in one day and and she immediately took a shine to me and said oh you have to meet my daughter jesse she's so perfect for you blah 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 and so i wasn't super ready to get in a relationship she was not either but they kind of we had a um indian arranged marriage they kind of stuck us together so we went out and and we got tacos and haven't left each other's side since so (laughs) how long ago was that two years ago okay good for you too that's awesome man that's a really good story um getting into blacksmithing a little bit what what kind of stuff do you make mainly Uh, there's not really one specific avenue um when you start out they give you a couple different projects that you have to make tongs things like that um my last project was actually a uh it was a hammer and the middle of it is made of uh, like wrought iron from like a wagon wheel uh, the faces of the hammer are actually made from uh, a forklift tine. So you forge the body of the hammer out, and then you get it ripping hot, and then you just squish the uh, the outside pieces onto it, and it just forge welds, excuse me, together into one piece. That's dope. It's pretty now, cool. It's fun. Now, with that hammer, being a carpenter and, and such, kind of thinking about, wouldn't it be like some like serious? would you want something kind of some other material in there that would kind of take away from it like the is it like is it practical like are you, are you going to use it in the forging yeah absolutely it's a blacksmith's hammer so it's got a rounding okay. side and then a, a flat side that you use to kind of plane the metal once it's cooled down a little bit take the some marks like a, out of it and, like, like a ball peen hammer but bigger like is it normal yeah sure here you know what i'll grab it i'll grab it for what? you, you can see it Sick. yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, it's like like Thor's hammer, right? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) So that's what it looks like. Oh, so it has a wood handle. Okay, I was was thinking you said a metal handle or something. Okay. No, so it's got a flat side that you use to plane, and then the side over here is a little bit more rounded, softer on the metal. And uh, I don't know if you can pop the handle off here. I don't know if you can really see, but when you etch... (laughs) When you etch the wrought iron, it kind of gets a, a pattern to it, which is kind of hold, cool. hold it back a little bit. Hold it back a little bit more. Let's see if I'll focus in. There we go. Oh, wow. That face looks rough. behind it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there. That looks rough. Okay, so now, so you're saying there's two different metals. Like at, at the very at the very ends, there's a different metal than in the middle, I think. Is what yeah, so you can right? see right on the end there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know oh, if you can see in the video. Smart, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see it's like a different color there. So, okay, yeah, so that's forklift. So again, so so the uh, the the spring, not the spring. What is it? The um, tool steel. Let's call it that. The uh, like, cause you made it from two materials. It was the wagon wheel and uh, the leaf, right? The forklift tine. Yeah. Tine. Oh, sorry, tine. Okay. So the tine is that what's on the outside or the middle? That's the outside, right? That's what's and on the, the outside. The, yeah. And then the wagon wheel is in the middle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's a that's a high carbon steel that will allow. Uh, oh yeah, you beat the hell out of it. Yeah, and it'll be fine. If you did that with wrought iron, iron hot, it's it's like Play-Doh. Okay. Now, now, what's what's the what's the advantage? Let's say that whole head was the 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 tine metal. Mm-hmm. Is there some kind of advantage to having those two types of metals? Kind of, or is it just Absolutely more? Absolutely not. Nope. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not okay, it's just more. It's just. 
just more design, right? Kind of. Yeah, like it's that. really just it's um it's a real challenge to try to join the two oh, medals okay. and have it. So okay. so that was the final project before you get to join the the blacksmith guild. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, my uh, like I've I've always been into uh, sports and fire, right? So. Yeah, actually, her her dad was on that show. What? Yeah, J- Jesse, right? Yeah. Jesse's dad knows. Wow, that's yeah, cool. Dad, yeah, he was on the show. They uh, they booted him in the first round for bullshit. If he knew anything about knife making, he'd call bullshit on it. It was dumb. <laughs> oh, damn. I'd be so pissed. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, my son really wanted to get into it. So for his birthday one year, uh, I bought him um, like the materials for the forge and some tool hand tools and stuff like that. And... Uh, uh, kind of felt good. They kind of screwed up the first year because uh, I, I thought it was just any kind of fire bricks. Right. Right. But it had to be like the special insulated ones or whatever. Yeah. Which we found out later because it was such a pain in the ass to drill through these like the other fire bricks. Yeah. Holy, holy hell, like we went through some bits, right? But we did it and we made it and we tried and I was like, hey, this is not working. And then it kind of, we kind of put it aside and then I figured out, oh, okay, wrong fire bricks and that. So the next year, first birthday, I got the right fire bricks and some other stuff too. And, um, yeah, we went at it, and uh, unfortunately, he gave up right away. He was only, like, I think he was, like, 13 at the time or yeah. something like that. So, I was kind of, actually, I, I pushed him through it. I was kind of pissed off. I was like, no, we spent all this money and time. You're you're finishing this. So, he, he, I shouldn't say he pushed through. He, he went on for a while longer, but he never finished his knife. Um, he was just pissed off because he, uh, like, when we first, uh, it, is it annealing it when you make it soft? It's been a couple of years now, I can't remember. Is that Yeah, it? yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, so her dad is actually, he's a professional knife maker. So I've okay. had the opportunity to work with him quite a bit on that. Um, yeah. Annealing is a process you can use, yeah. Um, basically, the, the steel itself, uh, when you heat it and you cool it, depending on how you cool it, how long it stays hot, all those different things, um, yeah. you refine the grain structure of the knife. So if you were to take a a knife that's not properly heat treated and you snap it in half, it looks like Mm -hmm. a like a Nestle Crunch bar. Like Like under a microscope, though? No, no. Just just literally take it on a table, smack it in half. It looks porous, almost like a pumice stone. Okay. Um, And then a properly heat treated knife that's allowed to cool slowly um, under the right conditions. When you snap that in half, if you can snap it in half. Um, it looks like the outside of the knife. It's refined grain structure. So that's a super, super important part of knife making that a lot of people miss out on. Uh, yeah. I wish it was. I wish it was talked about more. But yeah. So 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 what happened is is my son when he had, when he annealed it after he when he looked at his knife it had a little bit of a curve to it. Sure. So he was, so he was just like broken about it, right? He's like, oh no, I just popped it. Like, oh, I'm done. And at first I was like, oh. Yeah, and then I thought about that after. I was like, well, wait a minute. No, we're not done yet. Like, that's just, like, we got to do all the work to it. It's not, it's not like you can straighten it now. Like, go ahead and straighten yeah. it. And then like, we haven't even hardened it yet, really, right? So, right. So, but he was still broken about it. And then, anyway, he ended up getting back into it for a certain amount of time. But anyway, I kept at it because I was, like, determined. I was like, okay, I'm getting this done. It was, like, my winter project, basically. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So, I'm like, I'm not just going to start this and not finish it. So, I kept that, and actually, I used a um, um, disc from a disker. Yeah. So, not not the not the best metal, but still still good metal for for the knife. And um, yeah, it turned out it turned out really good. Like, uh, actually, had a um, 
antler handle. I used uh, some uh, 30-06 shells of mine for the for the handle to, to what's the word? I don't know, to pin the handle on or whatever that's called. I can't remember. Sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it turned out it turned out it turned out really good. It was really fun. I, the, the the screw up I did though is uh, is like the disc has had like four holes in it, right. like 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 to, to to mount, and I ended up incorporating those holes into it into the handle. So and then I abused it right away. It was, it was like one of those knives that fail on the show. <laughs> like what I wanted to use it as is like if I would just use it as a knife, it would last yeah. forever. But well, no, of, you got beat the living shit out of it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I guess so. If I, if, if I would have just like left it as like a kitchen knife, it'd been all right. Or like you know, just whittling a little bit. But anyway, what I did is I like I wanted to use it as like a kindling splitter, where I like put it on like a log, and then right. the, other, uh, the other side like of a it, mall. it. Yeah, and I beat the hell out of it with another piece of wood, right? Right. And that was a lot of abuse for for right away. Anyway, so yeah, it, it busted right there. I kind of put it back. I could probably weld it back there. But now it's just hanging on my in my, in my garage on the wall as a reminder of just some that was fun, but I failed. <laughs> yeah, knife knife making is is absolutely 100%, and I've done a lot of frustrating things in my life. It is the single most frustrating thing I've ever done, um, yeah. but it's also super rewarding when you do get it right. Uh, but I've spent countless hours sitting in front of a grinder, honing, making it perfect, and then you temper yeah. it and as soon as you stick it in the oil, you hear a ping, <laughs> yeah. and the knife is done. That's it. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, actually, I, I did all mine by hand, and I, uh, I like, it was, like, quite wide. It was very square. Like, square, it wasn't, like, a pointy tip. It was, like, a square tip, and it was about yeah, that wide. And uh, if you can imagine, like, what, what was it about, I guess, about almost two inches, and I filed it, like, right down from one side to the other, so I didn't have, like, like, you know, that part that, you know, where it goes on an angle, it was like across the whole thing. So, yeah, I, f I filed that all down by hand. It was a lot of, I got really good at filing after. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah, like I was part of some groups and stuff like that on Facebook and the guys in there that we know, there's some hardcore guys that do it all by hand. I thought, okay, I want to do it this way. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. And it can be tough too, especially um, in like Damascus. I made a round of Damascus knives for my family for oh, nice. last year. Um, they were oh, well, Damascus. Yeah. And it's kind of wow. tough on those because um, being a blacksmith and wanting to hammer on shit and make it, you know, that way, you want to be able to do that. But with, with yeah. Damascus like that, where it's fragile, you really can't. And so a lot of that is just stock uh -huh. removal and having the thousands and thousands of dollars in equipment and grinders yeah. to make those yeah. kind of knives. So you're able to use that at the blacksmith place or the shop? No, her that? dad's got it all. Oh, her dad's got it all. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. So you have to buy some belts at least? Or what? No, he's a pretty he generous guy. Yeah. Pretty generous guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there was, there was, there was, a, there was a, a belt. Is it called a belt grinder? Or a yeah. belt sander? Belt grinder. Yeah, there was a belt grinder. Guy was, he makes them and sells them for actually a pretty good price here, and I was tempted to buy them. Glad I didn't now because... At the time, I was like, do I really want to do this long term? Like, I'm glad I didn't because that was a lot of big piece of coin that would, would have just been collecting dust now for sure. Yeah, to, I mean, really what it boils down to, unless unless you're selling them, if yeah. you're just doing it for fun, just do it to have fun. You know, you don't yeah, you don't need to make a professional quality chef's knife to have fun knife smithing, you yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah, I, I kind of made mine look like Damascus. I did a uh, like a mustard patina on it. So I got gotcha. just kind of. 
kind of just yep. put a little bit of mustard on both sides, let it sit, and and wipe it off after it. It looked fairly like not uh, what is it called again? Damascus. Yeah, it looked it looked pretty good. It looked pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll just I'll just send you a picture of it after I think I got a picture on my phone. So. Yeah, I'll send you a couple <laughs> of mine. That raindrop Damascus is is one of my favorites. It's a really beautiful pattern. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'm picturing it in my mind. I'm kind of I kind of have an idea what it might look like. But yeah, but you just um like so you take your alternating steels and you layer them. Obviously, mm -hmm. weld it together, smash it all down, get a a brick of mm -hmm. just layered steel, and then you take a drill bit and you drill Ooh. only about uh you know a, a quarter of an inch into it, <clears throat> and then oh, when okay. you smash it back to flat again. What you have are these oh, little wow. concentric rings of the different steels. So when you oh, etch it, cool. you have what looks like raindrops on the blade. It's really oh. beautiful. Really yeah, beautiful. I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. And I was, I was quite into it for quite a while. I never heard of that. Yeah, That's there's, a good so one. Many, there's so many different kinds of Damascus air, even like the stuff on the show where they like take like, you know, like a motorbike chain or something like that. And yeah. Yeah. I've never tried like canister Damascus where you pour powder yeah, in yeah, with yeah, all canister, kinds of yeah, random right. shit. That just sounds so frustrating to me. <laughs> oh yeah. The chances of failure, you only just like on the show, you see it like most like very high. Yeah. Out. Very high chance of failure. Yeah. That is cool, man. That's cool. Okay. Well, so what other kind of, what other kind of stuff are you kind of uh, I'm trying to think what else to kind of get into here? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess one of the topics that that uh, kind of like to get into is either things people don't like to, that they say don't talk about. So like either whether it's religion, politics, sex, finances, money, um, any one of those subjects that kind of, those are the things I love to talk about. So, so yeah, so you, you pick one and I'll run with it. I'm more than comfortable talking about any of that stuff. Oh, any of them. Oh gosh. Sure. Okay, well, yeah. No, no, you, you, you pick it, you pick it, you pick it. This is more on, uh, this is more you. What's, what's one that comes to mind? Some one that, uh, well, what's the most prominent one right now? Yeah, definitely politics. Definitely <laughs> politics. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough because <clears throat> there's, I think there's a lot that a lot of people want to say, but they don't feel like they can. And I feel like that's what, 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 what that more in person or on social media, both you're saying, or, well, they're the cowards come out in force on social media, obviously, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. have no problem sharing their opinion. I think the problem is that the conversations aren't being had face-to-face -face with somebody. And I think that's where most of the issue stems from, is uh -huh. that it's it's really no longer a conversation that we have together. If two people have differing ideas on it and they're face-to-face, -face, then they're screaming at each other and it's it's not a conversation. There's yeah. a, there's like, have you, seen, have, you it, have you seen this in person or are you just staying from, like, from what you see on the internet? Now? Oh, this is just, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I try not to go out in public. I just find that I generally don't like people in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't see a conversation between two people with differing ideas. You just don't. And, and even at the, the highest level where people have to be the, the most professional that you could ever be, you're the leader of the free world. Um, People are acting like fucking sixth graders. And it's 
damaging to the trust of the American people to, to see them act like that. And it's both sides. Yeah. So I live in Canada, as you know, and I, but we're probably more interested in, 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 Amer in, uh, your politics than our own <laughs> the yeah. U.S. Like it's, it's definitely a real big deal here. And like, even, well, it's a you know, fucking like, reality TV show. Unfortunately, in, in too many ways it is. And, you know, even even like there was a guy at at, at my work ha having like a Trump hat and Trump shirt on on uh, on on the yeah. boat day. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. He's kind of a crazy guy in general, but yeah, for for me it's tough. I, I've been a Republican my entire life. Um, generally, we've had good. Good candidates. Um, you know, a lot of people rip on, r on. Remind me, I always get Democrats and Republicans messed up. Is that left, right, Trump, or Biden? Oh man. Sorry, yeah, I know, I know. So I'm in, I'm in Canada, so hopefully I could, hopefully that could, could uh, hopefully that could be my excuse. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. So that's another problem is that um, everybody's been categorized, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you say you're Republican, then you're immediately a conservative and a massive Trump supporter and a racist and a, and a person who doesn't care about anybody else. They, Republican, they want, that's what, Republican, that's what you said you are, right? You said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they okay, they okay. strive for authoritarianism. They want to see rights stripped away from anybody who isn't white. That's the general uh, field for the right, which mm -hmm. <clears throat> like autism, there's a spectrum, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then the left is generally considered uh, a blue-haired graduate who studied lesbian dance theory at, <laughs> you know, the Institute of Underwater Basket Weaving, and they want to take all your money, and, you know, it's communism, 100%. It's been, it's been so polarized. It's insane. Um, and, yeah, and people, you know, the pro they call – there's a, a big uh, – I don't want to call it movement. I don't know what you call it. It's a, a group in the United States called the silent majority. And it's the people mm -hmm. who don't feel the need to scream at the top of their lungs, their views. And if you disagree with me, then go kill yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I'm, I'm part of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think and that's part of the reason why I want to have these types of conversations where um, like, I think that's the beauty of our world. It definitely is the differences that we all have in whether it's opinions, beliefs. And I think, like you said, people are sometimes scared to, to share that. And also, you know, their life story too. I want to, you know, definitely um, kind of uh, put that in there as well. But, and uh, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing where, where two people could, you know, have a discussion and it could be, it could be heated. We could be you know, passionate about, passionate about something and have a passionate, heated discussion about it. But we're still we're still friends afterwards at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, and we have respect for that. And then it, it kind of, you know, we're able to see the, each other's sides of it. And like, like I said, the dancers usually usually never left or right. It's usually in the middle somewhere, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what you're talking about, whether it's philosophy or whatever yeah. it is. Or, you know, it's usually not right or wrong, but somewhere in the middle. And the problem is, is <clears throat> that kind of maturity has evaporated from the American public. Mm-hmm almost completely when you watch TV. If you watch mm -hmm. TV, 
that's going to be the major, major source of all of your angst and anger and issues that you have with the country and all those things. It all stems from the television. Well, would you, I think less, I'm sorry, more and more people are watching less and less television though. So do you think things have gotten better? Uh, sorry, how old are you, Ross? 29. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm 42. So you're quite a bit younger than me, but like, even you probably remember like more back in the day when people weren't on the internet as much, you know, that's all we had was the media, right? Like when I grew up, you just believed the media, the newspapers and the, and the, and the, and you know, the news, all this, because what else did you have? Where, where are you going to get your like political information, your worldviews? Right. Like where else are you going to get that information from really? Right. So it was very one-sided. Now that we have the internet, I, now I, you know, I think that there'd be this more liberal thinking, would you say that we've gone backwards even further, or do you think it's gone better? I don't know. Um, I think we have gone backwards in, in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. There's never been a time in human history where information is so uh, attainable mm-hmm. and so incorrect in, in so many ways. So I think the problem is, and uh, you know, I narrowed it down to TV. I shouldn't say that. It's, it's on the Internet. It's on social media platforms. It's on everything. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, everything has become completely biased. And like I said, it's on the left and the right, or Democrat or Republican or conservative or whatever you want to call it. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything has become polarized. And it has become increasingly difficult to find uh, something that's reliable, something that's Mm -hmm. non-biased, where you just get information instead of opinion. And mm-hmm. it used to be required for you to say, this is an op-ed. This is not factual. This is an op-ed. I'm speaking how I feel, not what the truth mm-hmm. is. And so yeah, yeah. people read it and they get an idea and then they go and they spout their opinions out on their platform and then other yeah. people follow that. And you wind up with a snowball effect and I'll, you get you where know, we are th- now. <laughs> I was just thinking about that dirty because I, uh, I love Alex Jones, Don't Believe Everything, that he talks about. I love, you know, Joe Rogan as well. They're, they're, no, and then I love definitely when they the two get together. Um, you're probably familiar with both, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, don't agree 100% with what both of them preach and that, but I love when they, them in general when they get together because they, they speak their mind. Um, one thing that I, I thought was real funny, was, and like, just kind of, I was just thinking about this the other day, is how they're, they're, they're kind of hypocrites. I think we all are in a way, too, where, they kind of have this thing, especially Alex Jones, you know, against mainstream media, right? Like mainstream media is, you know, the devil or whatever, right? Yeah. But then on on the other hand, when when he's when he's fact checking stuff or people in general, and I'm kind of guilty for that too, where I kind of hate the mainstream media too. But when I want to fact check something, I'm like, well, the New York Times said it, so then it must be true. Like, is that fact checking? Like, is that you know? Is, is, is that did you actually fact check it just because the new york times said it doesn't mean it's true or just because wikipedia says it or just because you know the list goes on and on like how do you how can you right. correctly how can you how can you fact check anything really right how, how do you distill information <laughs> in 2020 and hypocrisy has become hypocrisy has become the touch mark of the united states which is really unfortunate wow so well I definitely feel for you down there. Um, I, I think we're we're in uh, just as bad as a predicament up here, just on a different scale. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with either of our countries, man. They're really headed for a big shitstorm, no matter which we look at it. I think it, they've been, it's been bad for a long time. 
now with the coronavirus um, and lockdowns, which um, actually, I don't know if you know, Manitoba, the province just next to me, I just heard new lockdowns, are, you know, happening again. They're shutting all schools down. Restaurants are going to only be at 25% capacity. Sorry, restaurants, grocery stores, grocery stores are going to be at 25% capacity. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just, you know, I don't know. I, I I think I think it's just like the perfect weapon to really just crush the economy and and um, all the name of all of a sudden the government cares about our health when not, they never really cared about it much before. It's just exactly. it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy talk. It's crazy. It's it's unfortunate, and I wonder where. I mean, the, uh, just to briefly segue, the thing that drives me the most nuts about Americans is saying that the coronavirus was manufactured to make sure Trump was out of office. That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I just had to get that off my chest. But um, <laughs> yeah, that is not sense. Yeah, the, I mean, and again, this goes back to the root issue of how do you distill the information that you're getting? Who's putting yeah. the information out, and why are we interpreting it the way that we are? Uh, if if we're gonna freak out mm-hmm. about um, deaths, I think that's a probably a pretty good thing to be worried about. Um, yeah. But we're not worried about deaths. Hospitalization has stabilized. We're worried about new cases now. Here and so too, you, and, and and it is like Trump said. I think it was like you're testing more. You're going to get more cases. You're sending kids back to school. You, of course, it's going to spike. You know, like what do you think? Yeah, I think we should right. definitely be focusing on deaths. And also, who is it? Is it the elderly people? Who's who are these deaths? Right? Exactly. Hundred percent. And and yeah, and cases shouldn't be what we're worried about that you know the thing when they when they put out the the big psa in the states to flatten the curve it was about slowing down the spread of the virus not stopping it and i think the big thing that that people have missed was that it was never the intention that we were ever going to kill the virus it was that we were going to learn how to live with the virus the whole flatten the curve thing was solely to keep down hospitalizations and not overwhelm the healthcare system it was exactly. not to eliminate the virus. And to be yeah. perfectly honest with you, we're not going to. It will be yeah, physically exactly. impossible you can't save, to eliminate you can't save it. it. You can't save everybody. Exactly. No. So yeah. whoever's making Sense. the calls up there, I wish they could hear that and figure it out. But nothing yet. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, basically, we're basically screwed. Unless, unless the people get together and stand up. But I know definitely here in Canada, we're you know, 99% sheep, they're just going to do what we're told to do and no one's going to stand up. And I don't know, I was kind of hoping things would be different there, but curious. So what's this, like, I haven't been like diving too deep into it. What's the scene been like since election now, as far as like riots in the States and stuff, everybody thought, you know, there's a civil war is going to break out either way. And everybody's watching closely, waiting for all hell to break loose. And it seems like it's quieter. Is there still riots everywhere? Any idea what's going on? Um, no, not right now. No, actually, everybody's uh, celebrating in the streets of the cities because uh, Biden's been declared the winner by the media. Yeah. Um, the problem is in the in the Constitution of the United States, you are actually even if you get all of the votes, um, you are not considered the president until due process is complete. So everybody's yeah. calling Joe Biden president-elect right now, which is, oh. is fair because he did. But the problem is, is that Trump is is not going to secede the election. So uh, like last year. What do you mean secede? What does that mean? What does that secede the election? You're, so 
it's basically tradition that if you're losing and or mostly lost, you step down. What? Like right then? Uh, yeah. You that's happened it, before? You, yeah. You just oh, you wow. say, congratulations, you ran a really good race. Um, we hope for the best for you, and, and oh. that's it. And then they're the president-elect. Legally... Oh, I- Oh, I thought there's like a like uh, it doesn't happen until like January, February or something like that. That's not so. Yes and no. So they actually uh-huh. are not sworn in until January, but uh-huh. as of right now, we do not have a new president. Um, gotcha. All major news networks have obviously called it because the votes clearly showed Biden is the winner. Um, uh-huh. The problem is right now is that Trump is. Uh, He's chasing legal issues in terms of, of voter fraud and things like that, which I'm yeah. sure there was a lot of. I don't know if it's enough to turn over the mm-hmm. decision um, and the chaos and the mayhem that will ensue if he is able to turn the decision over and becomes a second term president in the United States. Uh, the country is going to burn. <laughs> I don't know, though, because I'm surprised it didn't even burn now because you think the Trump supporters would kind of be up in arms already if people no, are kind of no, bitten, like, that's, president. That's a common misconception, and I think it's yeah. something that's, that's another thing that's bred through media is that conservatives I that, and Republicans, they don't, the thing is that they don't inhabit the cities. They don't live yeah. in the cities. Um, it's more of, like, the common man's party, and that's why when you look at the electoral college votes, you'll see that 95% of America is marked red and 5% is marked blue and then the blue wins the election. Well, well yeah, it seems like it's just like the outlining areas where it's most populated though is blue. The major right? cities. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the major yeah. cities and and that's the problem with the electoral college, that's the problem with the way that we count votes in the United States is that um all, for the most part, all of the decisions are made when it comes to voting by those who live in major cities because they're mm-hmm. the most densely populated. That's where the most, you know, votes come from. Yeah. Uh, but hmm. somebody that's living in L.A. lives very differently than a farmer that's living in Wyoming or a rancher yeah. that's living in Texas. And so there's a massive issue with um, misrepresentation of the American people. And I think that's where a lot of the divide comes from. Yeah. Well, don't you think it should be based upon population, though, not upon geographic locations? No, if, if it were my opinion, obviously we have to have a head of state. There's got to be a commander in chief. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, this already happens, but I think people don't really realize it. Um, they can pass a president can can sign a bill that can be vetoed. There's a system of checks and balances. And I think that's kind of the funniest thing that I see today is a lot of the conservatives and Republicans are absolutely freaking out because they think Joe Biden's the president. The world's going to go to hell. We've all lost our jobs. This is over and done with. We're screwed as Americans. Um, But the truth is, is the Senate is still held in majority Republican. And so there's checks and balances he can't just walk in and say this is how the world is going to be and and that's what cowboy hat is screwed you know that's what trump kind of did maybe we'll kind of leave the political um 
note on 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 this or something else you might have to add but but that's kind of what what Trump did though is he he kind of came in and like like the amount of his executive decisions that he made was I thought was a good idea I thought most of them were really good ideas I was glad to see them get done instead of take years and years to like fight um fight for so but I know you would you say that's what he kind of did though well, it depends on, on, like, name one. We'll talk about one. Um, which ones did he do again? What are some of the executive things that he, that he signed? It was like, okay, this is happening. Was getting out of NAFTA one of them? Well, one of them, I guess we can talk about, would be the Paris Climate Accord. Okay, yeah, there's one. That's all I was kind of thinking, yeah. So that was a piece of legislation, I think, is something that was made for good. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it would do a lot of good. Um, but again, that's one of those ones where he opted out. And then mm-hmm. the emissions from the United States dropped below really? everybody else that was in the Paris Climate Accord. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So wow. that's one of those things where that's kind of tough. There's not one good answer <laughs> for it. Um, yeah. It's good. It's good because I think over... An arc that's going to help with a lot of countries that maybe don't necessarily want to play by the rules. Uh-huh. Um, but in a lot of ways, it can damage a lot of people as well. Um, I know personally, there's a company that I do work for in Nevada, in a, in a rural part of Nevada, that makes drill bit for fracking. Okay. Great company. They create jobs in South America. Um uh-huh. They create a lot of jobs in transportation and materials and things like that. Um, and they're shutting their doors already. Joe Biden has not been elected as the president, and they're already shutting the doors just because of the market impact it's had on oil and gas. The, the, what has the Paris Accord, or what are you talking about? The, what's had the, that effect on the market? They've effectively agreed that Joe Biden's going to be president. Yeah. And moving back into the Paris Accord and some oh, okay. of the things like the 2030 agreement where no car in California is ever going to be sold again that uses gasoline by 2030. That's a yeah. major impact. It's yeah. not that gas is going to go away. There's still going to be cars everywhere driving using combustion engines, but it's yeah. still a, it's a big hit. And I don't know why they're closing their doors, but they are already. So, so they could just see that coming and they're ready to like, Make 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 the call like ahead of time and, and do what they need to do. They have wow. one employee walking the grounds of an entire refinery. Everybody's furloughed. <laughs> These people's lives are destroyed. What? They're not being paid and they're laying at home hoping that something changes. And in rural Nevada, there's not a whole lot of job opportunities. So this all. happened just so this happened just like in the last month. Yeah. Wow, that blows my mind apart. That's yeah, so crazy pretty, man. It's pretty frustrating to see, you know, good people who yeah. don't deserve it and they get it. Wow, like I, my kind of take on that, and I don't know how you guys are similar to Canada, but I think it's just a money grab where they they um, and I don't really know the details of the Paris Climate Accord, but I'm sure our prime minister is all all gung ho about it. I know his big thing is carbon tax and carbon taxing everything and. I think it's just a big money grab that's not really gonna, not really aim to help the environment. I think, if I, you know, I'm all about um, fighting pollution, but I don't think we should should name it 
climate change and and carbon tax and all that kind of stuff and say okay let's look at specific you know what's what what what's polluting our world right now you know i don't think cars is the big problem i think there's a there's a lot of other things um you know i one thing that we're moving to is is uh getting rid of single-use plastics which i think i think that's a great idea but shopping bags and straws and things like that you know keep those things you know i i, I don't think it matters so much if they go into the landfill, but unfortunately they're making it to the oceans and rivers and lakes and doing a lot of damage. Um, so I definitely am I'm for the, I'm for the, the, that kind of a change. The, the most stunning thing I think I ever heard was, a, and I wish I could remember his name, it was a conversation about taxes in the United States. And obviously we are a military complex in the United States. The military the, complex, yeah. The majority of our money that we give away from our paychecks goes to something that goes bang. No, 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 come on. No, no. That's one of my biggest arguments against a lot of people from the States trying to say stuff like that. Okay. No, the taxes you pay aren't even covering the interest on the money you guys borrow. You guys are you guys are just you guys are just printing money to pay for the bang. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, gold, the gold standard died a long time ago and uh, one of yeah. the, one of the more interesting things i did a little bit of research on was um the lie that is the american dream mm-hmm. it's my it's my favorite conversation people say when are you gonna buy a house when are you gonna buy a house yeah. i don't want to buy a house that is one of the largest manufactured lies in the united states that has ever been created so Banks sat down and they said, "How do we, how do we loan more money? We can't just loan money for nothing. How do we loan more money? We can't mm. just give a dollar for just to have a dollar. People won't, people won't do that. Well, what do people Edu- buy? Education for once. Education for once. Education was yeah. That's a new development. <laughs> uh, I would say that's the the newest development. Yeah, but." Uh, houses were the biggest one you sell a product you sell the american dream mm-hmm. you haven't made it if you don't own a house and hey we can help you get one wonderful product sure. for guys to be able to sell you to loan that money out so that you own them interest all they're doing is ob they're selling you interest right now though interest is so low that it's like it, how could it not be how could it not be good you now though i guess other than I like what my, I like what, I work out of town a lot. So one of my roommates here was telling me the other day says the only people that make money when you when you buy or sell a house is the uh, real estate agent, the the bank, <laughs> and yeah. like you know the person that does the inspection. Those kind of people, right? And and that's the the tough part. The big selling point is that you think when you're putting your money in that you're getting equity for your money. Um, but I'm not sold on it. It's it's, it's a huge risk. Like here, I, I'm sure it's similar in states where the houses of the houses of pricing, the pricing of houses was just going up and up and up for the longest time since I was a teenager. Everyone thought, you know, it, it's going to go up forever. It can't. Even you look at the past history of, of real estate, it's like the most volatile. Like it's so up and down like crazy. And it's, yeah, I don't know. What, do you, what does the person do? On the one hand, you know, it's, I don't know. People say, oh, you know, if you're renting, you're throwing money away. But, you know, especially you know, being a homeowner twice over, I definitely see the amount of money that you have to dump in for, you know, all types of, whether it's insurance or, you know, the upkeep and the renovations and so many right. things. I, I hear you. I hear you. 
yeah, there's a lot of extra money that goes into home ownership. And then to me, you know, you got to think about the other variables. There could be 2008 in the United States, there was a massive crash in the housing Ooh. market. And so you say you're buying a sure thing, you dump all the money into it, and you say it's a safe bet, I've got equity. 2008 hits, and your house goes from 450 grand down to 125 grand. Where's your equity? Yeah. You're holding on to a negative chip. You're holding a knife the wrong way. The knife is <laughs> yeah. cutting into your hand. It's, you know. Yeah. So I, you know, I, gotta, I don't know. I just got a tough time buying into it. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely good arguments both ways for sure. All right, let's change gears a bit. We got we got to touch on the religion a little bit, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. Sure. What's your take? What's your take? What's been your life experience with it? Um. Well, it's been storied, no doubt about it. Um, I was baptized Catholic. My uh, my mom was a uh, devout is a devout Catholic, um, but she was never the kind of woman that that pushed her religion on any of her kids, other than baptizing us Catholics. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty good start but other than that uh not much hey hi Lee. hey buddy <laughs> six month old chow husky mix oh okay wow he's big he's gonna be bigger so uh yeah religion was always an interesting take for me because my dad was a, a very philosophical guy uh i think he thought more in the greek kind of Roman, he was kind of big into Bushido for a while, like the Japanese. Okay, no idea what that Uh, is, really. Yeah, he's, bro, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I I was super fortunate to see kind of the very Americanized side of, of religion in the East Coast, Catholic, uh, I don't want to call it dogma, but I mean, it's like, if you don't do this right, you're going to burn in hell for the rest of your life. And then my dad, who was much more spiritual and, and kind of much more into the, uh, you know, you do what you do when you're here and then hopefully it gets you somewhere good or maybe we're just energy that gets released into the universe. And when we die, you know, the separation of soul and body and stuff like that. So when I was younger, I was, it was a lot more into catholicism uh i was i was pretty devout in the uh thou shalt not kill thou shalt not lie you know yeah. our father catholic school kind of guy yeah i did i went to a catholic school for half a year and then i got expelled okay yeah that was the whole new york thing oh okay uh, oh yeah because you went with your um when i was your aunt so your aunt was catholic too or yeah yeah she's oh, okay. um she's not anymore at all Oh, okay. He is one hundred percent moved to the like the spiritual side of it. Um, but I I had my kind of own renaissance with that. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a huge cross tattooed on my ribs from when I was eighteen. I got it, um, mm-hmm. and I was still carrying a rosary in my hand. Like <laughs> I was totally into it. I was not a good person, wow. but yeah. I used. God is an excuse to do bad things because it was the hand of the righteous kind of guy. Like, like what kind of stuff? Like you killed criminals and stuff, or what do you mean? No, God, (laughs) bad man. (laughs) No, not like Batman. 
No, but um, I just kind of had a, there was a, there was a day where uh, you see, you see some bad stuff or, or you experience things and you start to question like there is predestination is fate. Is any of that stuff really real? Like if, if I decide, Hey, I'm going to change my fate today and do something different. Did I actually do it because that was fate or did I trick fate and I'm doing something else now, you know? One of my favorite sayings is, you know, that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Which is very true in the... I still live by that. In, 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 in this, in this, especially in the sense that sometimes that reason is that you're, you're stupid and you make bad decisions. Well, you have to learn. <laughs> That's right. You have to learn. No, not, some people don't, though. It's true. And maybe they're predestined to be fuckheads for their entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I would say at this point, yeah, I feel like, um, dog, Jesse, can you play with the dog? It's okay. It's okay. He could be, he he could be in the video. Give him a good snuggle and hold him there if you want. He just might want some, he just might want some attention. Then you'll take off. He's just a baby. I'm on the ground. So he thinks it's like go time. Oh yeah, it's playtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would just say at this point, I think uh, you get to a point where you realize all the energy that you put out eventually comes back in one way or another. Kind of a karma thing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you live enough lives and you learn just to be a good person. Nice. Yeah, I I, I thought that. Karma meant that all the bad stuff I did as a teenager to innocent people, um, mainly mainly not getting the details, but criminal activity to pay for me and my friends for our delinquent uh, partying and uh, instead of having a real job. Um, but uh, I always thought, you know, man, something like that's going to happen to me when I get older. And it, it never really has. Like, I always expected someone was going to, you know, break into my house or something or steal something of mine. And it hasn't really happened. But when I, when I look back, what I realize is that karma doesn't take that long, and it's not that clear cut. Like I think the karma happened to me back then, where um, uh, you know I was hanging around with bad crowds, and you know shitty stuff happened to me all the time because I was doing shitty stuff, right? So where we're now, we're you know now that I'm trying to you know build society and 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 raise my family and stuff like that to get more more good things in return. Like yeah, it's not always that equal trade for sure. No, it's not. And I think that's a a lot of people think that when you talk about karma or the way that the energy will reveal itself to you when it comes back to bite you, they're they're mm-hmm. not thinking clearly. Um, it could be something so stupid as you punched a kid when you were 18 that didn't deserve it, and then you lost mm-hmm. your wallet when you were 32. Yeah. And exactly, then you yeah. had to spend fucking three months getting your new driver's license and all that shit. You know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. So where, so where are you at now? As far as, uh, so you were kind of really on that like that far Catholicism side. Where, where are you sitting at now with where you think um, your place in the universe, uh, who God is, all that kind of stuff, creation, maybe whatever. Uh. It's in development. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, new information comes out every day. 
when it comes to humans and where we came from and stuff like that. I, I see a conversation there where somebody who used to be super devout Catholic that can agree in some aspects and disagree in some aspects. So two things can be true at once. Have you ever heard that? That was like like perspective, like people looking at, you know, this is a nine, this is a six, and they're both looking at the same thing, right? Exactly, yeah. So so I think that could be true. If I had to be 100% honest with you, I do believe that there is some force, energy, whatever it may be. Do you call it divine? It might be from our perspective. Maybe it's not to that energy. Maybe it's hmm. just... Oh, here you go. I'll call it the... Uh, the aliens like well, star that? wars the force it's the oh, will okay, of the force, force right okay yeah yeah it's the will of this energy that things go a certain way the will of this energy wanted this particular species of creature to do these certain things I, the i think the big problem that i have with organized religion and the church is that something that is omnipotent something that's omniscient something that is driving this this progression wouldn't want to be worshipped i do it's funny i've only i've only this is the second uh conversation that i've had or podcast right that's i think the exact same thing the last guy said actually too and i (coughs) and i kind of put it in perspective of actually i didn't i don't think i got a chance to really touch on it what I was thinking of is it's kind of like a, I look at it like a parent and child relationship where a parent doesn't ever want to be worshipped by their child, right? Right. But what they do want is, like I know for me and my wife, like the most beautiful thing is when our children get along, when they like not only get along, but they like serve each other. They, they you know, Absolutely. And yeah. they're giving to each other, which doesn't happen as often as, you know, you'd like because <laughs> they're growing and learning. But, um, and the other thing is, is, you know, that they have at least some gratitude for what we have done for them. You know, and we've done our best. You know, we're not perfect, obviously, but, you know, we've worked damn hard to give them what they have. And, you know, also the love that they have and the love that we have for one another. And, you know, and, and that's what it talks about in the Bible, that, the, you know, the only person that, that God really isn't, and I don't know, I'm not quoting exactly, but the only person that he's not pleased with is the one that doesn't recognize his hand in all things. And I look at that as, as being grateful and thankful and, you know, recognizing that, He's so given us everything, large right? Organized church is helpful to that cause. Definitely, uh, I, I grew up. I grew up Catholic, so um, I, I, I'm now uh, a member of the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or nicknamed the Mormon Church, which we're trying to get away from that nickname. Um, so I, I've I've seen that like amazingly in in the church I belong to now. Like it's it's. Yeah, it's total night and day. Like when I when I first when I joined the church, my dad said if I got baptized, I'd have to move out because he's a not practicing devout Catholic kind of a you know more prideful kind of a thing. Right. Um, my my mom was supportive though. She, she uh, grew us up grew us up Catholic, but she was also she was also kind of a born again. Like she went to other churches and stuff like that with friends and that. But uh, but anyway, yeah. Like the, the, the what I've seen there not, not perfection like individually, but definitely as a whole. It's amazing. Like it's it's you have to really go to the church and study it and to really see it. Like the like like ninety nine percent of the people in the church that serve or it's all it's all volunteer. So the money that you know is is donated goes to help buildings and help help people and stuff like that. So 
Um, and I've, yeah, it's just, it, it is a beautiful thing when it's done right. And I think, I, I think the big difference is, is really not having that greed aspect and, and that, and it being inspired in the Holy ghost running it and, and God running it, where it really is a place where, um, you know, you know, uh, kind of our, our, our two big missions are the one to perfect the saints to so perfect each other. And the other one is to, one of the other ones is to, um, share the gospel. So with other people, right. So. I've, I've just seen how, how well that's executed and not perfectly, but it's, it's definitely a beautiful thing. Man, that was a passionate argument. <laughs> well, I like yeah. it and it was, and it was very well spoken. Um, I think I, I, what I was referring to more than your local church is yeah. the, is the, the Pope is church in general. Like, yeah. No, it's like oh shit. It's all good. Oh, did I lose you totally. Maybe I'll jump back in. Let's see here. You there? Yeah. Oh, I got you. Were you able to just jump back in? I think my video is fucked up. Hold on. I just have to. I know the camera was turned the other way for a minute there. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I see your hallway now. There we go. Okay. So, so my question was was more towards the aspect of uh, very, very organized religion, and I hearken back all the way to. Um, the Crusades, first and second, 1300, 1500, I think it was 200 years between the two, um, where an organized church led a bloody and brutal campaign against Islam, mm-hmm. um, in the name of God, you know, yeah, that would be my baseline for sometimes organized religion isn't good for people. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you say God wills it doesn't mean that God wills it, right? Yeah. So at what at what point do you draw the line where the church benefits from the power of their influence on the people mm-hmm. compared to like your local church actually doing good for people for a reason? Yeah. Well, it's not just the local church, like like LDS church. It's you know mainly in Utah and it's throughout the world. Like there's 10 million members, right? So it's it's quite large. Um, but I think I think I think where you're going is, um, I think religion has a really bad name because of what you're talking about. And it's not just the Catholic church. It's you know even if you look at, I had a really good uh, Islamic friend at work actually, and we get in these conversations all the time because you know and. Sometimes I'd point out, you know, what about this like crazy Islamic group, or whatever, right? He'd be like, well, isn't there crazy Christian groups like skinheads going around right now killing people or, or whatever, right? Beating people up. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, there's like those extreme groups everywhere. And I think that, I think that, um, and I think unfortunately, lots of people, when they get in, in forms of in positions of power within those religions, you know, like they say, what's that quote? Like that corruption, power, and corruption. Uh, I don't know they always 
corrupt each other or something like that. I can't remember that one. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate, the history of lots of religions. I think it's one of those things, too, when you look back, I think those are the things that kind of will stand out. But I think if you look at also all the, the good things that it's brought into, like, we, especially if you look at, even let's look at, you know, Islam. Well, those are always shoved to the side. The good things are always shoved to the side. Yeah. Everybody wants to focus on the bad things. Exactly. Like, I, I don't know if you know who Drew Binsky is, but he's a Jewish guy from the States that he's planning to travel all, into all the worlds and all, sorry, all the countries in the world. And he, he only has six left right now. And I've watched, like, just, like, tons of his videos. And, like, he shows, like, the, likes to show, like, the real like islam the real people like in the streets and in the little villages in these countries and like they're just um like i don't well i think the states is in line with canada because actually i lived in new jersey for two years um to have uh, not i wouldn't say i shouldn't say shitty hospitality uh i I don't know if the states is probably better than canada but we have shit i'll just speak for us we have shitty hospitality here and i'm guilty of it like when people come visit Last time I was leaving, like, oh shit, did I even offer them like a glass of water? Like, you know, <laughs> like where in those countries, like when he goes to visit these countries, people are like, you know, hey, come sleep at my house. You can sleep in like our bed. Like we'll sleep on the couch. And yeah. you know, here, like they're like, like here, eat more food. And they like, hardly have anything. They're just giving, giving. Like he, he goes to the even the stores, like to buy souvenirs. And they're like, no, you're a guest in our country. They wouldn't even let him pay for things. Like they're just so amazingly. Um, hospitable to especially strangers and to to each, uh, to each other I hope so as well you know of course wars is another thing right but so yeah I think there's I think that I think there's a lot I think there's a lot more good than bad within religions and and uh, yeah I just think you know people get to the top like that and I, th- I think it becomes a, a thing where the, some, some of those people in, in those those you know um, positions tend to know how to justify things right it just comes like that slippery slope where i remember the two pastors sitting down and i don't know i can't remember what faith they are but they're talking about how they're justifying why they're able to buy this multi-million dollar jet private jet because how we know if 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 he if he travels you know whether it's first class or coach probably not coach but even if it's first class probably right that you know he can't concentrate on his next sermon because there's kids crying and there's this and that. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I just, and that's where to me it starts to get a little frustrating because yeah, for me too. Just f off. I don't want to hear it. So, so my segue. The next question. Look, now I'm interviewing. My segue. <laughs> the next big question then would be, as somebody who's a devout Catholic, do you believe that religion has a place in politics? You know I'm not a devout Catholic, right? You're just saying like put myself in that position. Basically, like the, I'm pretty sure there's a book of Mormon where the people were governed basically by the leaders of the church, and there's like judges and stuff like that. And then, um, then the people started, and that like basically it was like set up law that there wouldn't be a king, that there would just be actually I think it was just judges. Sorry, there was judges, and then there was the high priests. Yeah, that's what it was. It was those judges, like the chief judge, and then there was like the high priests kind of a thing, um, or prophets at the time. And um, it was set up like that for a long time, and that it was going amazing that way. Um, and then, but then the people started demanding that they wanted a king again. And then basically, God said, "Okay, yeah, let them have a king again." And I think that's the beauty of God. It's like a parent where if your kid is like nagging at you for something, you're like, "No, I know this isn't good for you, right? Like, no." 
And then finally, you're just like, okay, whatever. You know, it's, it's going to hurt you. I'll give it to you, right? And I think God is definitely the, the same way with that, where, you know, his greatest gift to us is our agency to choose between good and evil. Um, and we just, you know, have to face that, those consequences. And, yeah, if we, if we ask for things, he's going he's gonna to give them to us sometimes, even, you know, they're, they're harmful for us. And that's how we learn okay. the way. I hear that. I still, I wonder though, and so like, it, in the eyes of the church, is the United States just one big example of like heresy? No, no. The uh, it's one of one of our we have uh, articles of faith from the we believe that the original church was Jesus Christ. There was a falling away, and there was a restoration of the church back in 1830, starting with Joseph Smith, who translated the Book of Mormon. Kind of a whole history there. Um, but one of our one of our founding articles of faith is that we believe in being subject to kings, principalities, rulers, and basically being law-abiding citizens. Here's the best example: the Jews, right? They were at the time of Christ. They were under Roman power. Right. Romans, you know, they're occupied by Rome. They're waiting for a savior to come and they expected him to free them from this enslavement or like from this Roman power. Right. Not really enslavement, but from this occupation, so to speak. And uh, but that's not what he that's not what he came to do. Like, right. He, he freed them from spiritual bondage, right. from from you know the law of Moses that they're living that they took way out of context and they have like a thousand rules and all those kind of things right so he freed him in other ways so it's and, and, and I see myself in life like that where um, lots of times I'll have these like big life questions that I, th- I think it's a big deal like you know 9-11 happening and you know I you know I believe it was a conspiracy you know hey why you know why are these things allowed to happen why doesn't church get involved in big issues like that or whether it's um what was the other issues I was thinking about? This coronavirus thing too, right? Like my view on it and stuff. Like why isn't the church getting involved in it that way? And all this kind of stuff. And then when when leaders of church come out and uh, we have like general conference twice a year where they give talks and stuff like that. And it seems like that they're always, they're always giving me what I need spiritually. Like what I really need to to be um, in harmony spiritually. And that's that's the most important thing. And that's what... Same thing with Jesus did. And I think and there's kind of like a theory that that's, I think it was Judas Iscariot, that the reason why he kind of sold out was because he wanted, I think, because I think he was, he was into into like, into like, I don't know if he's a political leader, he's into politics, but maybe he wanted like, he was like, hey, Jesus, let's get, okay, you're healing the sick and you're preaching all this stuff, but like, let's get going and let's get, you know, free us from the, the, the Romans already, right? So maybe this will speed up things a little bit if I actually hand them over to you guys. But then he shows his power and, you know, things get going like we want him to, but that's not what he was there to do. Again, that's just total theory, but I think it makes sense in some ways. So I ask myself the question, when it comes to God, the energy that runs the universe and, why they do what they do and uh, you know we don't we don't have the answer that's the whole point of faith right it's you don't ask it's just because that's the way it is and that's the way it wants it to be uh well i don't don't know i don't i don't 
I guess, I don't know if some churches might preach that, but I definitely don't. I haven't seen it really in our church or especially in my home where like my kids, I don't want to raise them to be like, you know, that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? I want them to ask questions, whether well, my, it's about dinosaurs so, or whatever so it is. You know what I mean? I'm kind of segueing into that is, is the, the questions that I ask. So obviously abortion is a huge topic right now in the United mm-hmm. States. They just confirmed Amy Comey Barrett as the new Supreme Court judge who absolutely abhors abortion, which to a degree I can agree with. But there are extenuating circumstances where I feel like religion definitely should take a part of it. But if you have a young woman who's raped by Mm -hmm. a psychopath and Mm -hmm. impregnates her, she's 14 has no means to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Do you tell her that she can't do it in the name of religion? If she's um, not Christian, if she's, if she's yeah. call her a, a, a Taoist or something, you know, yeah. she's a Taoist. Yeah. And in her religion, there's no bearing on that. Yeah. The, um, the only answer I have is I know what, what we believe in the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day saints. And that's, and actually, but America people... is based on religious freedom. Yeah, but no, but like, uh, I, I, and I, th- I think our church has a perfect answer for that. Just like you said, it's it's circumstantial. So obviously, we don't we 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 believe that you know people shouldn't be having abortions. Period. Right? Um, not period. Sorry, but there are circumstances like you said, whether it's like incest or like somebody was raped, or even if maybe there's some you know major risk to baby or mom or especially mom like if mom could die if she gives birth or something like that so there's those are tough decisions you know that are still going to have to be made by you know the mother obviously right but in those def in those circumstances i think it's i think it's almost common sense right like who would say that you should keep this baby and you've been raped you know what i mean right yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's that's tough for me because, uh, like I said, I'm a Republican. There's Republican, conservative, and then they call him like alt right or whatever. Bless you. She's gonna do it four more times. <laughs> Did you only sneeze once? <laughs> that's a new record. Um, and that's kind of the tough conversation that I have to have with with people. Is I think if Republicans kind of backed away from the church and and ran the country as economists, they would do better. Mm-hmm. I think that if the people of the United States took a step back and kind of looked into themselves, we'd mm-hmm. be in a lot better place. Mm-hmm. Because God's got a place in the people right now, and they need Please. You have to admit, though, the founding fathers of of the United States were very religious and like based the country on religion, so to speak. And they did. But they also wrote in the Constitution that everybody will be able to practice their religion. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, too. Religious freedom. But that in and of itself is a conundrum, because if you found your country on Christian values and then tell everybody that they can practice their own freedom of their religion. There, there's an intersect there somewhere no, where America no, no. goes against what they're doing. And if we have our religion in government, 
and we allow our people to do whatever they want to do, there's an intersect. I, I don't think that's contradictory at all. I think maybe if you were to look at like the Old Testament and you're like, you know, back and then Moses and the Moses, Moses and the gang, they're, you know, going to the promised land and wipe everybody out, women and children and all that well, kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Catholicism is the Old Testament. But, but, that's fucking fire and brimstone. Well, I know, but 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 whether it is or not, I, I can't say. But if they look at more of the New Testament, when Jesus says, love your enemies, right? Do good to them that hate you. You know, I think that entails, hey, let them practice their religion, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, do unto others as you do unto yourself, right? Like have that respect for for how they worship, unless they're sacrificing babies and stuff like that. Then let them do their thing, right? Well, I don't think anybody wants to see anybody sacrifice babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, too too far, too too no, much. But I mean, that's that's the dilemma. If if yeah. we're a country that allows people to practice their religion, and if abortion is no big issue because you raped your sister and people threw stones at them, mm-hmm. I'm talking about far like crazy Islam, like throwing yeah. acid on yeah. women because they didn't wear their hijab. On Tuesday, mm-hmm. we're the great experiment in the mm-hmm. United States, and we're going to allow that stuff to happen. What? Where is the line? Mm-hmm. Where do you draw the line? I think we're I think a that's where nation, one nation under God, but we're going to let yeah. you also have abortions. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess that ties into just what I said: killing babies. I didn't even. I, I kind of was looking at. I wasn't even thinking of abortion when I said. That. I was thinking like live yeah, babies. Yeah, totally which, thinking which about also, like abortions, which they also want to do. Yeah, so basically, basically, I, I, I think it, actually, you know, even you know, the church I belong to had a, a big issue with that, right? Where, um, and again, that's kind of part of our faith is following following laws as well. That's a, like basically saying is that the man that the man that follows the laws of God will will not break the laws of the land. Um, so I don't know, I think it's one of those things where basically religions have to obey the laws of the land. So if, you know, a new laws and comes in effect saying that you, you know, you can't practice abortions then you can't practice abortions. Again, look at our church. We practice polygamy, right? We used to have more than one wife. Okay. Doesn't sound so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. But anyway, the, uh, but then the United States came out and and then they made they made it illegal, right? The laws changed and made it illegal. Right. And you know, at first there was a lot of you know contention in, in our church and there was divisions. That's where you get like these other like branches of, of Mormonism uh, or even Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints. They might even call themselves where they still practice that. But then the United States came out and and then they made they made it illegal, right? The laws changed and made it illegal. Right. And you know, at first there was a lot of you know contention in, in our church and there was divisions that's where you get like these other like branches of, of mormonism uh, or even church of jesus christ of latter saints they might even call themselves where they still practice that but see but let me stop you that right there the government completely impeded on your yeah. practice yeah they did. And, and families were divided because of like all can you imagine that you have a wife you have a bunch of kids from both wives you have three wives whatever all of a sudden the government comes and says it's now illegal like Right, like wow. So, does government have a place when it comes to your religion? That's what we have. We have to do. We have to. We have to basically bow down and follow the laws of the land, and basically, and we but stop those are practicing laws created polygism. by man. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's a law that's created it. by man. Well, what, what, what's the answer? The only other answer is to like to resist it and go to jail or fight, rise up and fight against the government, try to overthrow the government. So, I don't know. There's, it, it, there, there, there's, a, there, there's a lot more to that scenario, too, as to, uh, you know, why there's maybe polygamy what was allowed for a while. The, you know, there's, there's so much to it. Yeah, and I think but, that's my big, that's my big, that's my big hoopla with everything but, that's going on. Everybody wants to know, like, you know, why are we talking about abortion and government? That shouldn't be a conversation. Well, should it be? Because God should be involved in our government. Well, should God be involved in our government? You know, yeah. I mean, it goes both well, ways. Well, 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 then it goes the other way. Should the government be involved in medical decisions? That's the other thing they want to do. They want to just make it a medical decision between the, the, the doctor and the and the the woman and you know they're t- and then again I know this this, I, this isn't just an Alex Jones thing and a, and a Joe Rogan thing but that's kind of where I got it from where they show that senator talking about how they should basically do abortions after the baby's born how we're going to keep it comfortable because basically baby after it's born is worth five hundred thousand dollars for all its organs and stuff like that where if it's if it's if it's dead it's only worth like to say fifty thousand dollars I never heard of that. Yeah, because even I, I think there's two states. I think they passed a law that they're I think they're allowed to do abortions after full term. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what they, that's what they're kind of saying. Or they're trying to I get. I sincerely it to be hope a law. that that's not true. Yeah, that's, and, 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 and if that's not true, they're at least doing it like almost to like to a full term. Like it's crazy, isn't it? That's disheartening. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I think there's, like, people that are talking about I think it was in New York. I think they're talking about moving on New York for that, like, one of those reasons. Anyway, I'll have to do some own research on that after, but it is. It yeah, is really I'd like to hear the foreign numbers on that because to, to put a dollar value on uh, a young human life like that is... is... Well, 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 that's what Alex Jones was saying, that there's actual, like, Chinese hospitals and stuff like that that will basically dice them up and ship the parts overseas back home. I see. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I can see it. It's, it's, but it's, for it's, a, what? it's a money, it's a money game. That's what they're saying. You don't even not, they're saying not to sign your donor card because you might be, they might be like, okay, do we let him go? Or do we, or do we bring him back to life? And they're like, well, if we let him go, he's worth this much money. He signed his donor card. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's terrible. It's crazy. Yeah, it is terrible though. I was working at a, uh, actually had to fix so yesterday babe was that yesterday i was at the yeah that was yesterday i went to a uh, cremation and burial services place and they had a walk-in cooler that was full of like 50 bodies oh man just full of them i was around one like that like it was like just a small one just one person in it no, this work. was like, some I mean, carpentry. there were bodies fucking everywhere. And then as I was working, they like pull a condom out of the back of the minivan and his juices are spilling all over the back of the minivan, like his blood and stuff like that. And like I'm walking by and they got bodies and cardboard boxes and stuff like that. And it makes you kind of like confront your mortality. You yeah. know what I mean? Wow. Like, fuck, I'm going to be a guy in a cardboard box with a name written on top of it. Or dragged out of the back of a minivan with my juices spilling everywhere. And it kind of makes you think about, you know, 
where you're going in life and what you're doing, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think um, if there were, and this is, I think this is going to be my closing statement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this may be my closing statement. If there were, if there is, there is a omnipotent, omniscient, guiding energy force in this world that wanted you to do something, wanted you to act a certain way, I think that that force would want you to do nothing in this world but be a good person, regardless of religion, regardless of sex, creed, sexual preference, which is, I don't know if that hits you, doesn't matter. I think that the problems that we put towards religion are far too human and less what I think what that energy might want. And so in the end, all be all, I think you just be kind to everybody that you can be kind to. Don't look down on them for anything they do. Forgive Mm -hmm. them for whatever issues they may have and just be a fucking good person. Do you think there's a, do you think there's another energy that wants the exact opposite for you to do the exact opposite pushing you that way? Mm, could be. I don't think so, so much. I mean, if we really want to look at Satan and Lucifer, he's not actually a bad fucking guy. It just, he got a shitty job, dude. Somebody's got to do it, I guess, right? Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> the kid eats too many fucking jelly beans and pukes on the fucking cafeteria floor. Somebody's got to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. Definitely. Well, Ross, thanks, man. It was great talking with you. I enjoyed this. <laughs> it was really fun. This All right, good. buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. It was. It really went. It really went very well. Um, yeah, we'll close there. Appreciate it, man. It went really well. I'm glad you got some beers in you. We loosened you up a little bit. Oh, you did. <laughs> You definitely did. <laughs> okay, brother. Have a All good right. one. Thanks so much. Don't be a stranger. You betcha. Bye-bye. Bye.